You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It was the year of fire. The year of destruction. The year we took back what was ours. It was the year of rebirth. The year of great sadness. The year of pain. And the year of joy. It was a new age. It was the end of history. It was the year everything changed. The year is 2261. The place, Babylon 5. Who am I? I am Susan Ivanova, commander. Daughter of Andre and Sophie Ivanov. I am the right hand of vengeance and the boot that is going to kick your sorry ass all the way back to Earth. I am death incarnate. And the last living thing that you are ever going to see. It's over because we've decided it's over. Now get the hell out of our galaxy! Hello and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, Season 4, Episode 19, Between the Darkness and the Light. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And And we we are are the Epsilon Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. As Sheridan continues to suffer at the hands of Earth Force, Ivanova takes command of the fleet for their next engagement. And Garibaldi tries to prove his innocence to the Mars resistance. Written by JMS and directed by David Day Eagle? No. David J. Eagle. This episode was released on October the 6th, 1997, and takes place from October the 27th to October the 31st, 2261. And the guest stars. Mark Gomez as Eisenson. Bruce Gray as Interrogator. Marjorie Moynihan as Number One. David Purdom as Captain James. Musetta Vander as Felicia. Greg Uh, Greg Poland as Guard J.P. Hubble as Evan James Lang as First Guard and Annalisa Scott as Assistant Uncredited Stephen Austin Scordilis as Pacmara Ambassador Bill Blair as Alien Richard Epcar as Captain Jake Thompson Voice Only and Walter Koenig as Alfred Bester in Archive Footage So... Guys, what did we think of this episode? It was pretty decent. Uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff happened, uh, right from John still being in the interrogation room all the way to uh, talking to Susan on her deathbed. So that was uh, that, that was quite a whirlwind bit of uh, plot. Yeah, a lot of happens in this one. It's it's jam packed. It was good though. Oh yeah, Dan, mm. what did you think? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, uh, I remember sort of saying, I think it was on the face of the enemy that it, that felt like the first in what will be a trilogy. And it turned out it will be because this is kind of slap bang in the middle. And then maybe next week we will get a resolution as well. So it it feels like the, the story ramps up with tension. We get more developments. We got 
uh, a twist with Ivanova as well. Um, I really liked the first scene where we we sort of see Sheridan coming back into it and what they're doing to him now, and how they were doing the same scene but shooting it in different different uh, sets, and it worked really well. And I, I really enjoyed that. Um, then you know, obviously Garibaldi is now trying to worm himself so back into life and try and get himself back on the good graces of everybody now that he's himself again. Um, yeah, loads of stuff, lots of action, um, shooty shooty bang bangs. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. It was uh, a good one. It had a lot of things were resolved. A lot of things happened. Uh, you have very much of a middle episode, so it's you know the end of one, beginning of the next. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's get into the review, and uh, we'll pick up this later on. Sheridan is talking to Stephen in his quarters when, wait, what? L- last week he was being interrogated. What happens? And Stephen asks, so you never told me how you got back here after you escaped? Ah, right. Okay, he's escaped. Right. Okay. I, When I first watched this to review this episode, I watched the beginning bit and thought, oh, crap, hang on, I've missed one. Have I done these out of order? <laughs> and I had to go back, watch it, and went, no, no, I don't get it. And then I had to read the preview of the next episode and went, oh, ah, right. No, let's, let's just play this a bit longer. Right. And, and then, then for she- a second there, I thought we were going to get an entire episode told in flashback that we were just going to get yes. Sheridan say, and then I got out and miraculously there was a key appearing in my in my desk. And uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was very um, Captain Kremen for a moment there, <laughs> and then I was rescued. Um, yeah, so and then Sheridan um, uh, basically uh, is talking to Franklin, who asks, um, "So who does your contact work for?" And then the scene suddenly shifts to the interrogation room, where the new interrogator is still interrogating Sheridan. But it looks to Sheridan as though it is Stephen and an assistant asking the questions. The assistant then asks why they can't bring in Sheridan's father and threaten to put a bullet in his head. Stephen says no, as if they don't kill his father, it'll weaken their position. They don't want cooperation, they want conversion. All they want is him to admit that his campaign against Earth was under an alien influence. They give him more drugs under the guise of a cup of coffee. Meanwhile, Garibaldi is trying to get back to Babylon 5 using the resistance, but unfortunately they don't believe his version of the truth. They grab him, put a bag over his head and bring him to the resistance leader, number one. Stephen asks Garibaldi why he did it, and he explains it was Bester all along. He altered him when he was missing and messed messed with his mind. He tells the resistance he knows where Sheridan is being held, and the resistance are suspicious. He asks Lita to scan him to find out whether he's telling the truth. Number one doesn't like telepaths, so tries to shoot Garibaldi, but Stephen manages to grab the gun off her, and Lita fires a machine gun above everybody's heads, and everybody ducks for cover. Holding the resistance to gunpoint, Lita scans Garibaldi. She must go in deep, even though it could damage Garibaldi. Lita goes in deeper, and finds that Garibaldi is in fact telling the truth. Number one still doesn't believe her, so Lita shows her what she has seen, and number one is soon convinced and lets Garibaldi go. That's a bit of a bit of a quick resolution to that argument, wasn't it? Don't That's what I, I thought too. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> okay, we need to get this over with real quick. Let's just do the whole Lita card trick, and there you go. That's it, yeah. Look, this is what he's seen. Mm, okay, oh right, yes, <laughs> that must be true then. If she doesn't like telepaths that much, 
how does she know she just isn't implanting images that she's made up into her mind? Exactly. That's what I thought too. But you know what? We need to get this plot going. There's only a few episodes left of the season. Let's do it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ivanova and Marcus are going up against the Damocles, and another huge battle ensues. The Damocles is damaged, and the crew evacuates the ship. Dilem will join up with them at the rendezvous point, and they move on to the next target. Garibaldi shows the resistance where Sheridan is being held. Number one says their systems can get him in, but they are stretched thinly. She can let them have a skeleton crew, enough to get him in there, but it's up to them to get out. Meanwhile, on Babylon 5, Delenn is met by Linnea, and he tells her that Ambassador Malari has started a meeting with the League of Non-Aligned Worlds, but she is too late to stop a vote from going ahead. She doesn't know what it is for, but Malari goes on to explain that they are all going to Earth to help out Sheridan. During the Shadow War, Sheridan risked his life and the lives of every human on this station to help save our worlds. Would the game have done that for the Pekmara? Would the Drazi have done that for, for the Nam? No. That sacrifice must be rewarded. Shikar says that humans are the glue that holds them all together. Since the war, we have begun working together as never before. In the past, we had nothing in common, but now the humans have become the glue that holds us together. If Sheridan's forces are defeated, then Earth will turn in upon itself. They will become isolated or they'll turn against the rest of us. Politically, it is very wise. Morally, it is even wiser. Politics and morality on the same side? That doesn't happen every day, Dylan. They all now have a common goal to work together to save Sheridan. They're going to join up with Ivanova's fleet and do anything they can to save him. The League Worlds have agreed to provide warships to Ivanova's fleet. We will do whatever it takes to help free Sheridan. It is right that humans lead the battle. It is their world, after all. But we can support them. Fight beside them as they fought beside us. But why the secret ballot? Why were we not informed about this meeting? To protect you. Some might accuse you of, of organizing military support, not because it is the right thing to do, but because of your relationship with Sheridan. Always good to see Jakar. It is. And mm. working with Malari in, in to some degree, you know, so yes. they've got a common enemy now, so they're, they're bandying together and they're, they're agreeing on a, on a, a plan to go to Earth. And you know, it's... Is this the rehabilitation of, of Londo? I don't know. Mm, it's going to take a lot more than just a couple of years in the TV series to, to clear his name, really, isn't it? For what I he's think done. so. Yeah. But, um, yeah, which is which has always annoyed me because he was always a good character at the beginning. He was just a bumbling politician that sort of fell on hard times and now he's suddenly he's a mass murderer and you can't really forgive that. Others might say the council approved it for the very same reason. We wanted to send a message that the council speaks as one for the right reasons, not out of any personal agenda. Sheridan is not alone, and you are not alone. The League stands with you. We all stand with you. Delenn is amazed and pleased. Number one skeleton crew consists of one lone female to go, with them, to go along with Franklin, Garibaldi and Lita. Wow, what a crew. It was pretty. <laughs> mm. <Ooh>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in a... Uh, uh, oh, who was the... Um, is it Sanchez? Was that the name of the, the woman in Alien? 
Who's one of the sergeants? Vasquez. Uh, oh. Vasquez, that's the one, sorry. Vasquez. I knew it ended in S. Uh, they are walking through the tunnels under the, the Earth Force, but Earth Force base. All right, who gulped? Somebody gulped. Look, we have got a long way to go. We're supposed to sip, not gulp. I didn't go. No? I sipped. You, I believe. Well, now why do you believe her and not me? Because when you lie, it's all over your face. She's a much better liar than you are. Thank you. Wait a minute. Look, the next time it's your time to carry the canteen, I'm going to go. You are so petty, you know that? What do you mean I'm a, I'm a good liar? Survival of the fittest. I like the bit where there was a bit of backwards and forwards from, with Lita and uh, Garibaldi and, you know, just having that bit of, uh, just have a, a light moment there just to lighten the, the mood. But I, I don't like what I'm hearing here. I'm not a great liar. I'm a, I'm a terrible liar. You know, I don't know who's been saying these things, but I want you to know when we get back, I am going to sue somebody. I don't know who and I don't know how, but I, by God, I am going to sue somebody. Would you come on already? <clears throat> yeah, good to see a bit of levity coming back into the show after all of this constant bombardment and, and you know, there's no, there's been no sort of humor in it. It's all been quite, quite dry. Very, all the way very, through very serious. Yeah. yeah. The, the underground female leaves them to enter the facility by themselves. We'll meet them later back in the tunnel. Marcus has picked up a survivor from the Damocles in one of the life pods. He has information that could be useful to their cause. He says that President Clark knows that they are on their way to Mars and they are falling into a trap. There is an elite force waiting for them and they w won't defect and they won't give up. Ivanova decides to go up against them as the rest of the fleet following them wouldn't stand a chance against them. As they make their way through the tunnels, Garibaldi, Franklin and Lita are followed by some guards. Garibaldi knocks one out, but gets stabbed in the back by the second guard. But Franklin then knocks the guard to the floor. Franklin manages to sew up Garibaldi, and they carry on. Marcus manages to convince Ivanova to go and get two and a half hours rest, if he gets two and a half hours rest. And of course he has no intention of waking her up. Garibaldi, dressed up as a guard, along with the Doctor and Lita, walk up to the security guard, looking after the prison cells that Sheridan is being held in, and manages to convince him to let him in, as Franklin is a doctor, and needs to look after Sheridan to make sure he's okay. Afternoon. We understand you've got Sheridan in there. I'm the one who turned him in. Maybe you saw me on ISN. I don't watch TV. It's a cultural wasteland filled with inappropriate metaphors and an unrealistic portrayal of life created by the liberal media elite. I couldn't agree more, Dr. Stevens. Absolutely. Good. Now that we've established some common ground, we'd like to see the prisoner. With the help of Lita disabling one guard and Garibaldi, Garibaldi knocking out the other one, they manage to enter Sheridan's cell. They find him drugged up pretty bad. But Sheridan's wound has opened up again. Marcus wakes Ivanova and tells her she's been asleep for four hours. She reminds him of the words she said in Mimbari. He said in Mimbari a few episodes ago, and he says, "He says you're welcome." The last time that we were in this room, you said something to me in Mimbari. I happen to have an eidetic memory. It went, uh, "Nusan Falani, in Alas Midron." You told me it was just a greeting. Yes. Well, in case you haven't noticed, I've uh, learned a little Mimbari since then. Thank you. Nusantal. Flirty, flirty. Yes, getting all, hmm, maybe I do like you after all this time. And yeah, thank you for saying. Um, you know, yes, it's taken person. her a while to soften to him. Yeah. I would have thought it, it would have been better if earlier on in, a, in an episode. 
she walked up to him and for what apparently seems to be no reason, just slaps him in the face. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's what you said in Mimbari. And then goes back and finds out, oh, actually, he didn't insult me. He said something nice and then has to go back. But... <laughs> I guess that British accent finally wore her down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it doesn't work on everybody, though. <laughs> I've been trying for years. Well, you're in the wrong country. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't try that British accent on me. I'm British as well, you know. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> Garibaldi, Lita and Franklin are taking Sheridan out of the cell, saying that he has agreed to give a full confession and they are taking him away, but the guards want the proper authorization. Then they see Garibaldi has an injury to his back, so they have to attack the guards, but the alarm has been sounded. So I was expecting, like, Guards come flooding in, rushing in, to fight their way out. No, we don't see any of that. The fleet has reached the jump point, and as they come out, multiple jump gates open and destroyers arrive with shadow technology all over them. They are surrounded and ordered to surrender. This is Captain Jake Thompson of the Advanced Destroyer Group, Tanami Vessels. We have you surrounded. You are ordered to surrender your vessels or be destroyed. I say again, surrender or be destroyed. Put me on with him, and give me firing control. This is the White Star Fleet. Negative on surrender. We will not stand down. Who is this? Identify yourself. Ivanova gives the speech. Who am I? I am Susan Ivanova, commander, daughter of Andre and Sophie Ivanov. I am the right hand of vengeance and the boot that is going to kick your sorry ass all the way back to Earth, sweetheart. I am death incarnate and the last living thing that you are ever going to see. God sent me. Yes, that, that, that was excellent. And then all hell breaks loose as the White Stars attack and the Destroyers release the fighters. After lots of pew-pews, Ivanova's White Star is hit by a piece of debris from one of the Destroyers. The scene on the bridge is one of utter devastation, and Ivanova is out cold. Marcus manages to get her away as the ship explodes. Sheridan meets up with Dylan. Oh, okay. I guess they managed to get away from the cells eventually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, that Actually, was very much where we started at the beginning, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is something that I wanted to circle back to a little bit later, but I mean, I suppose we could do it now. Uh, the assistant who was interrogating him at the beginning of the episode mentions, should we bring his father in? Implying that it's not a lie that they've got his dad. Mm-hmm. At no point does Sheridan, who is fully cognizant by the time they are escaping, mention, can we maybe get my dad as well? He's he's being interned here somewhere. They've said he's here. They can just bring him in. So it must be one of these cells that are just down this corridor, this one corridor that we have seen. Couldn't we maybe just pick up his dad or maybe, you know, figure out where he is uh, and at least have someone say there's no time. We'll come back for him just to acknowledge the fact that his dad's there. I know they can't. <laughs> I know they can't afford to get the actor back. I know that he is too expensive for <laughs> what is Babylon 5 at this time in the 90s. But still, they've I just got, kind of felt bad that he didn't even think of his dad. They've got Bill Blair there. All they have to do is put a wig on him 
I mean, yeah, he's uncredited. He, just the back of him, you'd have to see the front of him. Just the back of him, grey yeah. hair. As the drag, as the sort of, you know, he's dragging him through the, the corridor, you know, with exactly. his arm around him, you know, saying, "We'll get you out, Dad. Come on." <laughs> or go full seventies, having bandages up like the Invisible Man. It's like, oh, what did they do to him? Oh, I'm disfigured. Yeah. And he turns it off. It's Hasselhoff, and it's just, <laughs> they've redone him like the Knight Rider. He's got all these bandages around the head, and as they get him onto the ship, he goes, oh, "Dad, Dad, are you okay? My name is John Merrick." <laughs> Oh, damn, we got the elephant man. Get back in. In this week's episode, the role of John's father will be played by... John Hurt. John Hurt. Uh... Oh, dear. Anyway, seriously. Sorry. Ivanova is critical. Delenn and John go to see her, and Marcus uh, said he's laid the bed flat just how she likes it. She regains consciousness enough to see Sheridan and says hi. 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 How are you feeling? Not so good, John. Not so good. We got them, did they tell you? They told me. There were more of them than us. And they fought like hell. We got them. Didn't we, Marcus? We got them. As they are about to leave, Ivanova calls Sheridan back. She says they won't tell her how bad she is, and she asks John to tell her the truth about her condition. Sean? I'm here. What? They won't tell me you're my friend John tell me truth I'm not gonna make it am I No. He says she's not going to make it. Oh, nice one, John. <laughs> Way to give her yeah. hope there. No, they say the damage is... I'm sorry, Susan. It's okay. I'll be... You've... You've carried so much guilt around in your life. Don't carry it anymore for me. Or I'm gonna come back and kick your ass. The doctors say she only has a few days or a week left. Sheridan takes command of the Agamemnon and sets course for Mars. And you know what else we said, course, for this promo for another podcast right here on the ESO network. We don't rehearse this, you know. He just comes up with these things. Very smooth. Yeah. Just smooth. I have one job and I'm going to do it. <laughs> People keep asking, are we back? Yeah, 
I guess we're back. Back to talk about cigars, movies, TV shows, and any other nerdy topics here on the Cigar Nerds Podcast. Check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com and ESONetwork.com. And we have a YouTube channel, at Cigar Nerd Podcast, where we do cigar reviews, live versions of the show, and any other dumb thing we think to record. Okay, and on to the trivia. At 6 minutes 20, Stephen pulls the hood off Garibaldi, and the scene shifts to Garibaldi speaking. When the scene goes back to Stephen at uh, 6.31, Garibaldi is wearing the hood again, until the scene change, where he's not again. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that. (laughs) Maybe I'll go back and look at that in a minute. There's a guy who's just constantly trying to put it back on his head, but he keeps moving. (laughs) Go back then. Will you stop that? Uh, so yeah, that's it. That's the trivia. So, um, Sean, are there any Star Trek connections? Yeah, actually, there are. Uh, of course, we have Bruce Gray, the interrogator, back again. We talked about him last week. Uh, we got Marjorie Monahan as number one. We got her back, and Walter Koenig is his uh, archive footage, of course. But we've got some new guys and girls here. Uh, we've got uh, Musetta Vander, who played Felicia, and she was in the Star Trek Voyager episode "The Disease" as Darren Tall. We have J.P. Hubble, who played Evan. He was in Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, Man of the People as Ensign. And then we've got Greg Poland, who played Guard. And he was uh, in Star Trek Insurrection as an Aloran officer number two, and in Voyager as a security officer in the episode Repentance. So he's good at playing guards and officers. (laughs) (laughs) Is he, though? I need to hear your clearance. His delivery was very weird. <laughs> Watching that scene, it's like, I need to get your clearance. And he's standing right in his face. It just didn't work for me on that bit, I'm afraid. Very poor acting from a guard there. Oh, Well, we'll probably never see him again, so it's okay. Yeah, it's true. He's gone now. So I'm just watching the scene where uh, Franklin's about to pull off the hood from uh, Garibaldi. He walks up to him. He grabs the hood, he pulls it off him. There he is, bald head and everything. And he says, oh, Stephen, it's good to see you. Close up of Stephen. Comes back to Garibaldi, no no uh, hood on. Talky, talky, talky. Talk, more talky, talky. A few more seconds, we should cut the scene. Goes to Lita, goes to number one. Comes back to Stephen. Back to number one. Garibaldi with the hood off. Number one again. Franklin. No, he's still got his hood off. I think they must have cut that out and it must have been in a different uh, a different take. Mm. This version does not have that. Yeah, maybe in the TV version, and since they've uh, they probably re-edited it for DVD or maybe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we we yeah. watched the DVDs, so maybe they cut that bit out and managed to re-edit it a bit. And then there's a deleted scene where they keep the hood, and then they take it over to John's father, and they put it over his head to sort of <laughs> say, "Oh, out. we're going to wheel him yeah. out as if he's like there." You get the feeling that is a scene that's missing. It, it is. Really, it really, yeah, does need something. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll smuggle him back to Earth somehow. And... <laughs> yes. So, okay, let's move on to the ratings. The ratings, uh, we rate these episodes out of jump gates, uh, five jump gates, because it's Babylon 5. 
And this week, IMDb, who rate it out of 10, what are we watching? Oh, yeah. Uh, 8.9. <laughs> 8.9, which is equivalent to a 4.45 uh, on our mm. scale. So, uh, Sean, what did you think of this episode? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't see anything wrong with it. Uh, the the Earth Force ships with the tentacles looked kind of weird. But, uh, you know, that's just a CGI choice. Whatever, it's fine. Uh, good to see Londo and Jakar and the League of Nine Worlds. It was uh, good to see Garibaldi get a punch to the face. That was nice. You know, it was, uh, it, it was, it was decent to all around. I'm going to agree with IMDb and I'm going to give it a 4.5. Oh, okay. Well, that's equal equals last week's episode. So you now have that last week and this episode in your top ten. Nice. Mm-hmm. I must admit, before I just go on to Dan, I must admit last week was the intersections in real time, where it was it was the um, interrogation scene all in one. And mm-hmm. through over the last week, I've been thinking more and more about it, and I was thinking, I'm, I'm, I, the more and more I think about it, the more I like it, and maybe I should go back and rejig the uh, the 4.5 that I gave it to move it into my top 10 and I'm still a little bit torn as to whether I, I should do that or not. You and, can't, you can't. You have to go with your initial impressions. Yeah, That's the honest I truth. I did say that, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Mm. Oh, it's a shame. Okay. Dan, what did you think of this episode anyway? Yeah, I, I mean, it's for me, it's not an improvement on Intersections, but it is an improvement on the one before it, which is Face of the Enemy. So it's steadily improving. Intersection just suddenly this su- sudden spike up and then it will come down, but not for bad reasons. It's just that Intersections was so good that it, it just brings it down to a little bit. And there were those little niggles. There was, what about John's father? You know, Garibaldi knows he's there because he sold him out. Like there should have been at least one line to allude to. We don't have time to get him or, oh, we've got him. You know, there's another skeleton crew going to get him. He'll be safe and we'll move him to the Martian underground just to explain why he's not there because he was such a vital point last week in the interrogation. Um, seeing the shadow... Uh, Earth ships. It, it kind of feels like. Um, did you you guys have ever seen uh, like Dragon Ball Z or any other kind of anime where nope. you know there's like the, so a first season there's like the bad guy and he goes up against the guy who killed his family or whatever and then he ends him in the first season. And then the second season we see this hero going off and now he's building a bigger guy who looks pretty much like the same villain from last season but with a mustache and he's a little bit more scary. So then he goes off against him and he fights against him and he wins. And then it's third season and he goes up. Against against another bigger guy who's just slightly taller and he's got a bigger mustache and he laughs a bit heartily and so he's going off against this it just feels like we're steadily adding more to ships just to make them more scary as time goes on it's like this time it's earth and shadow ships and the next time it's gonna be earth shadow ships with a bit of mimbari and it's gonna be earth shadow ships and then a bit of mimbari and then there's a nan at the back and it's just it just feels like they were going to pickle pickledy it's like oh god how can we make earth ships scary they're so clunky and uh you know not versatile in any sort of way and we'll paint them so black kind of make... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, paint them black. They're much more scary in black. Um, yeah, That's it's just, just camouflage like, in space. Very true. Exactly. Where are they? Oh, stealth technology. <laughs> ah, uh, someone look at a window. Um, yeah, it just felt like it was very silly. Like they were just adding pieces on to make it look scary. Um, they were just emo Earth ships. Uh, so yeah, there were bits that t- took me out the episode more than last week. So I'm going to go four point four. Oh, okay. But otherwise, a superb episode. Yeah, um, I I liked this episode. It was uh, really good. Lots of action. Um, nice bit of humour coming back in. Uh, Garibaldi finally gets to say his piece, give his side of the argument. 
uh, gets proved true by Lita, which is a bit of a you know a, a MacGuffin for getting rid of uh, thing that his arc and making people believe him again. Uh, it's a shame that Susan will never get that and, and see that, and and she dies believing he was a traitor. Um, well, she hasn't died yet, but you know what I mean. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's good. Um, I I like the confusing bit at the beginning where we still think that. Yeah, we we think that Sheridan has managed to escape, and that was just a one-off episode last week, and then it isn't, and then the the technique they're using that he's just sitting there having a cup of coffee with you know Stephen and this strange woman who's sat next to him, and uh, having a chat, and uh, you know just it's just a, a really good insight into how they are messing with his mind. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a bit more of that maybe, or even in some of the previous episode, rather than just banging on at him and and you know trying to weaken him, weaken him, weaken him. Then start to cajole him and start, and start to do it nicely and say, well, you know, we, we've got your father. We can bring him in. We can show you him. You can have a chat with him and then make the chat he's having with another interrogator who's actually his dad and all this type of thing. So it, that, that would have been a, a, a good one. But anyway, that didn't happen. So um, I'm going to give this a 4.25. So I sort of sit in, be, uh, beg your pardon, a 4, um, which sort of sits a little bit lower than you guys. I, I didn't think it was as good as the previous episode, but then again, I've <laughs> painted myself into a corner here now because I can't go higher than that, so even though it is better. So <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to give it a four because it was it was good. Um, I don't think it's good enough to get into my top ten if I watched it again. Would I like it? No, but the previous episode, definitely yes. Um, oh, you know what? For that, I am going to imp- increase my last last week's episode. It's got to go in the top ten. If I'm going to watch, if I come back to any of these and I handpick them, I will handpick um, the intersections in real time. So I'm going to make that. I, I believe that's an illegal maneuver, Paul. But uh, since you control <laughs> the board, I'll allow it. I'm going. I'm going to push it up to a four point seven five. I don't think go. it was that good. But... <laughs> Depends what you like. So yeah. So this episode to four. Um, and there you go. Yeah, it was it was good enough. It was a top at top, you know, above average, well above average. Not quite in the top ten though. So okay, I think that's the end of this episode. Join us again next week when we will be discussing season four, episode twenty, End Game. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon three at gmail.com. That's three spelled T H R E E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Well, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.